Hello, and welcome to Codish, an exploration of the lives of modern developers. Join us as we dive into topics like languages and frameworks, data and event-driven architectures, and individual and team productivity, all tailored to developers and engineering leaders. This episode is part of our DevLive series. Hello, whatever you start listening to is a conversation that happened between Francis Lacoste and myself about mindfulness at work. I hope you like it. All right. Hi, Francis. Hi, Raul. Okay, so we're here to talk about mindfulness at work. But I guess we, we figured uh, we should start a little bit about for those of haven't had the, the, the pleasure of, of meeting you before. So maybe give us uh, some intro about who you are and, and how do you get into this business. I'm Francis Lacoste. I'm a director of engineering at Iroku. I'm also a long-term practitioner of meditation, started a practice over 15 years ago. And a couple of years, I think three years ago, attended a public workshop from the Search Inside Yourself uh, Institute. Um, this is a program started at Google and had an epiphany there of seeing, even though like I had been a long time meditation practice, practitioner, um, felt the benefit in my life, never really made the connection on how that could transform work, you know, the workplace we, we spend a lot of our times in, and was really blown away by the, 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 the framing and, and, and the program, the language they were using, which made it like accessible to, um, to the, the corporate culture, and also um, the impact that these techniques can can basically my way of thinking about it is it's level up the baseline at which everyone can operate in in, in work life and also personal life and that makes everything easier and better it's not kind of yeah so that's how I, I, I got uh, into this and brought this like at Iroku so after that that workshop it was okay I need to bring this back to Salesforce and Iroku mm-hmm. And where did you do the this works again? Was it uh, here in San Francisco? Where no, it was a. Uh, uh, so I'm Iroku is a very distributed company. I mean that's why I came to Iroku. Um, I, I I have a background as an engineering manager um, at Canonical before, which was also a, a totally distributed company. So lots of experience managing remote teams, um, which is uh, why I joined Iroku. Um, there was a need for that here. I live and work from Montreal uh, in Canada uh, on the East Coast. The workshop was in Montreal. So mm-hmm. the, the uh, Search Inside Yourself have workshops uh, all over the place, many major US cities and Canada, Europe, even like a- Asia, Africa, and Australia, I think. Um, yeah, so there was a public workshop in Montreal, which it was in person that I attended. And when did you join Heroku? I don't remember. Uh, 2013, so to five years, over five years ago. And when you when you uh, run into the actual workshop, is this something that you, uh, I guess you, what was the motivation in the first place when you when you heard heard the the, the, the workshop was happening? So it's actually so what we had a, we had uh, we had someone at Heroku part of the vibe team at the time that was interested in mindfulness. And, and I mean, mindfulness is something that Salesforce was interested in. Um, although I think the two, I'm not, I don't remember which came first, um, but that it, it was part of like, there was an opening to that of how 
that could benefit people's life uh, at work. And two speakers at an internal conference uh, at Iroku, one of them was I, I, Philip Golden, I'm not sure his last name, but he's a, a professor at Stanford, uh, was one of the, 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 the scientific, part of the scientific committee of Search Inside Yourself. And he, he had like, I was really interested by his take on the convergence of neuroscience and meditation practice. And that led me basically to research the Search Inside Yourself program. And that's how I discovered a, when subscribed to the list and then when a, a workshop was announced in Montreal, say, say okay, I'm interested in, in attending that and was fortunate enough that my manager was supportive of the workshop. So that's that's how it happened. So, okay, so we're back in the days and, and you basically made this, participated in the workshop and, and you immediately thought, Wow, this is this could be useful for for Heroku. So, can you walk me through what was in your mind when you started it in the first place? Like, how do you think we could all Herokais uh, benefit from from this uh, program? Yeah. So, what is interesting about the um, search inside yourself? So, when a lot of mindfulness now at in in the way it's packaged or taught is mainly and this is also like its frame in in most of the salesforce mindfulness program it's and it this is was also how it was presented originally from with uh, within iroku it's about stress and well-being you know which is you use mindfulness to 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 be able to better cope with stress and increase well-being and that's great but what is interesting what is awesome about the search inside yourself take on it is that they use mindfulness as part of a emotional intelligence training program. So it's not, I mean, b b mindfulness is kind of, it's the basis on which you can build these higher level um, emotional social skills, leadership skills, the cornerstone being se developing self-awareness, and then there's other stuff on top of that. But um, self-awareness, and, and the, they use the contemplative practice to, which is a training program to foster self-awareness. And so it goes beyond just uh, well-being and, and, and stress and a more it's out to interact better with people and all uh, provide vision, engagement, conflict resolution. So it's a, it's a very wide package, you know, in a way it, it's and, and it all uh, fitting together. So that's, that was kind of okay. And in a distributed environment and even like in any really uh, office, there's always like conflicts and, and, and the, and especially in a distributed environment, it's very easy to avoid getting into conflict or just ignore because I mean, you don't have people every day in your physical space. Um, so there's a need for, and Let's be honest, you know, I mean, the culture we live in, unless you're a very fortunate, like come from a very fortunate, like enlightened parents background, most of us really don't have any training on how to resolve conflict in in mature way. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and, and so this is not part of the curses we get at school. And this is not part of the, the curses we get like uh, from most people family education so it there needs to be a training and and to learn because these are learnable skills and that, that was a program that can basically help uh, level up uh, and, and and grow people in that dimension which is 
which makes, like I said, everything easier afterward. What I did was, and search inside yourself as part of the workshop. There, there's kind of they have a program to bring this to the the, the enterprise and uh, in your organization and that sort of thing. So, attended that. Look, okay, what's what uh, what is their offering, and say, okay, there's this program, and we I think it would be great to bring this to Heroku. And that took a number. I, actually, I think it took two years to really from when I after I attended the public workshop and when we had our first internal workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and remind me, this is uh, initially the way the, the proposed uh, Google, uh, or actually, was it actually coming from Google as a company? Or it, It's a program that was developed at internally at Google that they spun off in uh, an independent organiz- uh, organization because it they didn't, I mean, it can benefit a lot of other folks and not only be Google. So. And it wasn't oriented uh, only for work, or was it? No, um, anybody could benefit from it. Um, yeah. So um, and and it's interesting because from the feedback I'm getting, I heard a lot of people. The first place where people benefit from this is in their personal life. You know, at home, because I mean, this is also another area where there's a lot of tensions, conflict, which is. Uh, just part of human life. Um, so a lot of people apply it and see if it's also all side of work. So it's transferable. Uh, yeah, these are like transferable skills across all dimensions of, of human life. And it's really interesting that when you participated in the program, you you thought this is actually not only uh, useful for my, my own personal life, but also it's it's something that I could uh, bring to the to the rest of my that, uh, the company that you work where, uh, we're working on for it, right? And, and and it's really interesting that you point out the distributed uh, aspect uh, because it is true that even even I think in person you might want to avoid conflict by uh, not participating in, in com- not engaging in conversations, not participating in, in, in specific projects. Maybe if you don't want to work with a specific person, um, uh, luckily it hasn't been my my case, but I I can I can imagine that could be someone else's. And it is true that maybe in a distributed environment. You can just turn off your camera, maybe, uh, so you're not giving signals about your own stress. Or so, where what were the challenges that you you have encountered in, in terms of putting this in, in practice? The, the the biggest challenge was that their offering was only public. I mean, they they, they were doing in-person workshops in organization, and that given how many people are outside of San Francisco and don't work in, in the office, we ask for, we, we, we discuss with them, can you create a virtual version of the program? So that was part of the delay. So we did a pilot of, this was the transferred, they, they, re, they, they transferred the content of the program to the virtual format. And that was, uh, that was the pilot we ran at Heroku, which was for um, a, a totally uh, remote, the distributed version of the the workshop. And yeah, what were the differences in in about the content? Were there any differences in the content of the program? When there's no, there were not really significant difference in the content. Um, there is significant difference in the delivery um, because so the, the the workshop is designed as a two days in person workshop, very intensive. That doesn't translate well to um, nobody wants to be like eight hours into. A, video call, you know, just too much, it, it doesn't work. So it, it has been rebuilt as a six, two hour sessions instead of two days. 
and it's on the Zoom platform, which translates very well for the break because it's a very interactive workshop. There's a lot of like um, breakouts where you, you will practice with someone else or two other two other peoples, and that just translates very well. On uh, that works very well on the Zoom platform. So from that perspective, there was no loss from from my perspective. And yeah, no, I, I think it translated very well, it, it translated very well into the, the, the virtual space. So the um, the trainer, I guess you can say the trainer, the coach. Uh, the t- yeah, they're the oh. teachers, the, the teachers. teachers. Uh, so the teachers comes in. Uh, everybody's on the same video call. Uh, the first minutes, I guess it depends on the actual content at that time whether it's a, it's a, it's one person talking and everybody else listening. But I guess. At the time the practice, the first practice started, they were split in, in different breakouts, no, in different rooms, yep. uh, and and then there was a time to come back no? yep. to the main uh, room where everybody is 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 tuning in, um, and so from from your experience, like the feedback that you heard from people who have participated. Or not even the feedback that you have heard from that person specifically, but have you noticed any an actual change on the person compared before and after? So they, they do, as part of the program, they do like a pre-assessment, post-assessment, and we did like a six months follow-up to to assess the benefit of the program. And yeah, there's a bunch of dimensions that they, that they look at, and we saw noticeable improvements on um, well, I mean, stress, of course, but m- more importantly, from my perspective, around resilience, also empathy, compassion, and that stick, like that, that was still there six months after. So, to me, it's also a long game, you know, because these these are skills that it's not like you take a two days workshop and oh, silver bullet, everything's <laughs> rosy. It's mm-hmm. more kind of bringing you uh, some uh, some practice to put in practice to help make these skills, I mean, grow these skills by practicing them over the long term. And the more people practice that, the easier, I mean, it, it has kind of each, the culture change over time, you know? So, I mean, it, it was funny because the founder of the Chunyi Lin, when he started at Google was kind of, oh, his goal was to bring world peace, which is kind of, you know, very grandiose. That's really broad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, but after seeing the program, going through it, and then really how, what it, because it was built at, the, the Google aspect is, it's very, scientific uh, I mean there's a lot the bridge like bring a lot of knowledge from neuro provided a lot of information from the neuroscience perspective the psychological perspective so grounded in science um, the contemplative wisdom uh, tradition and also like oriented towards the benefits that it brings so it really speaks the language of return on investment of that is the lingua franca of the uh, of organizations today so I said oh that's actually, yeah, that could, I could see how that could work because a lot of people, we spend so much time at work and that's an area where we get a lot of, we learn a lot, you know, we continue to learn and grow. And like I said, these skills are not part of the school curriculums yet, um, nor of like the family tradition. So where to get that is from organization. And there we, so that's actually, and that's, that's, that's how things can change over the long term. Yeah, because, because uh, I think, uh, just in my experience personally, uh, whenever I talk to people about mindfulness or meditation or anything related to that, maybe for obvious reasons, depend, de- depending on their 
cultural background, they might be more receptive or the more reluctant about what I'm talking about. So maybe maybe it would be helpful, I guess, to sort of explain uh, for the listeners what what do you consider a, mindful, a mindfulness practice, maybe, or maybe starting from defining uh, for those who yeah, what is mindfulness? Uh, don't <laughs> yeah, don't have experience with this. Yeah, there are multiple definitions of mindfulness. I mean, the one that's often used is the that comes from John Kabat-Zinn, which is being present with what is arise, be, being present with what is arising in a non-judgmental uh, manner. So, yeah, that that's a definition. Um, there are others. I mean, mindfulness is cultivating to me presence um, and clarity. Mindfulness comes from, I mean, if, if we want to get the, the history behind it, 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 these are techniques brought from Buddhism. The secular mindfulness, which is our secularized version of practices that you found in Buddhism. And, and you have been doing this for over a decade. This type of meditation is more recent for me, a couple of years. Uh, before that, it was more like um, concentration-based meditation, which has a different flavor. I mean, it's very good to develop concentration power, um, absorption, but... Focus um, as well? Yeah, focus. But the, the mindfulness techniques are... I, I have a more emphasis on developing clarity. So, yeah, this is the, my... There's, I, I've actually, my, my background as a practitioner is eclectic. I've practiced in a lot of different techniques and, and tradition. Do you meditate every day? Most, you know, over the, my personal journey has been to relax a little bit the, the practice. When I started, I was really a, like more a gongo type of practitioner, which is, <laughs> and can which, you Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, I mean, it's very important to be very rigid and kind of disciplined. I mean, a lot of people coming, often the problem they have is uh, getting at a regular practice that at, when I decided, okay, this is interesting, I want to, to, to explore that. I went just like full speed and so never had a problem sitting every day. So over the, and that, that, that I mean, personally, that's, that's, my, that's my makeup, you know, it's kind of, that's also a way of controlling my experience, controlling what is happening and, and that sort of thing, which is a form of closure and basically at some point in my practice, it's kind of opening up and being open to, well, no, I don't need to sit every day. This is it's okay if I don't sit every day, you know. It's and and and, and being more adaptive to what was arising. Um, specifically in this case, you know, it's kind of being more present with my family and having like um, that that has an impact. So practically, basically, I, I sit every day, every morning, um, except on the weekend, which are for family time, and if. It happens and I can sit, I will, but it's not. But that, that's more for the formal practice part of like sitting. But actually I do practice every day because a lot of the practice is just dropping in in the moment, connecting, I mean, having a mindful moment and that sort of thing. So I do practice like um, several times a day always. So it's more kind of, it's, it's part of, it has been weaved into my life. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that it sounds like you were okay with you not meditating every day, which is, I think, part of the, the whole purpose in terms of 
you don't you don't judge yourself if you don't meditate one day you you might be okay if you're losing your temper and uh, the important things are uh, I guess to know what to do when that happens so I believe correct me if I'm wrong your family has been benefited from from your practices yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I mean I, I, I bet that I'm less an asshole than I was <laughs> <laughs> if you ask my wife <laughs> Um, <laughs> have you heard uh, similar feedback at uh, at Heroku um, about thanks, Francis? Uh, since I started meditating, I happier. Um, I feel like I'm doing a better job. I my family is en enjoying the, the fact that I'm doing it. I mean, nobody said it like that, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, everybody that. Uh, has shared the impact of this in their life is appreciative in some ways. I mean, it, like I said, this is this thing. These things takes time, and it's often like over the long term, which is oh, this this you know three years ago, this is what I would I would totally have freaked out in this situation, and oh well, no, actually this time it it happened, and sure it was hard and painful, but. It, so it's really over the long term when looking back that you see that, that we're able to, that you assess the transformation. Yeah. Um, so in the day to day, it, it kind of grows on you, you know, it kind of <laughs> and there's at some point you look, oh, okay. Um, yeah. and, and what are the things that we do at Heroku today that are in embracing this, this mindfulness practice? Um, what are the programs? What are, what are the things that we do? Apart from the Surgeon Star Yourself uh, workshop that we offer uh, for employees, yeah, I mean, we we do have an internal. We have guilds, which we are kind of um, self-organized group around a particular uh, topic um, across the the, the organization, um, and there is a mindfulness guild uh, that that we form and where we we meet. Uh, I mean, we have multiple hours. Uh, because of the different time zones, and where we sit together and then share how this, how, how our the practice is going, challenge we're facing, or success we had, and so it's kind of a support group for people um, interested uh, in applying this to in their life, really. You know? And we do practice. We do yeah. do a practice as well. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting to me the first time I joined a tune in. Uh, uh, to the call, I wasn't really sure what to expect uh, joining uh, remotely. I mean, everybody's is on a on a video video conference call, so um, you could do it anywhere. Uh, there were some tips before in terms of uh, make sure you're not gonna be distracted, or am I getting this wrong? Uh, no, maybe I missed. Um, I always like to uh, actually, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more of the school that, uh, you know, I mean, people in Burma and uh, Thailand are meditating next to the market where, I mean, animals are slaughtering, are being slaughtered and, you know, there's a lot of chaos. So it's kind of, if you can only meditate like in total silence, that's, you know, this is, this is a kind of a view, uh, an expectation that is constructed and made up, you know, I mean, um, so, and this is a, two, a, a way of, no, okay, it's, it's okay if you have like a kids coming in, don't, don't have to mute or feel you can't join because, yeah, we want to minimize background noise and that sort of thing, but at the same time, 
it's okay if it happens you know don't feel bad or so uh, yeah and for, for those who want to incorporate this into the their companies uh, can you walk us through the the process in terms of okay so you're leading usually the sessions sometimes we have Christine uh, and some other people at Heroku who, who lead the sessions I believe uh, so everybody in the call maybe they might share if they want to uh, share like you said concerns uh, and 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 things that basically want to share uh, to the rest of the group in terms of uh, the, the the mindfulness practice but then I remember we've done I don't know if it's a type of meditation in which everybody in the room takes a deep breath and then counts yeah um, um, so what we did uh, in this is often we pract I, I I brought a, a form of it's called social meditation, which I got that from my teachers, um, Vince and Emily Orn from Meditate IO, which they have a great DIY. If you actually if you want to learn about mindfulness, that's a great place to start. They they they, they have a complete online self-paced um, curriculum. And they also do basically a translation of social uh, social forms of meditation. So there's a lot of out there. If you go to a, a mindfulness group, there was a lot of sitting together, but it's a, basically everybody doing the practice by themselves in the same space, and that's totally fine. I mean, uh, this is what you do at Search Inside Yourself. That's how you practice. Um, they learn this technique from uh, another teacher, Kenneth Folk, um, and and they've expanded on it. So finding ways to, so this one is uh, social concentration, which is a social take on the classic breath counting meditation that you found in Zen and other traditions. So where um, attention is on uh, the breath and at the end of the out breath, or I mean, multiple ways you can do that, but usually at the end of the out breath, you count from one to 10 your breath. That's a way to keep the concentration going and avoid distractions and that sort of thing. And the social take on it is that instead of counting, in, counting everyone tracking their count internally, there's a social interaction component where um, we speak aloud the, the count and the, the count is shared. So what is interesting about this form is that um, it kind of using the peer pressure um, to foster concentration, you know, because you don't want to be the one dropping the count. <laughs> and so that helps with really being more focused on what's happening. And it also, what is interesting is, is it's also a form of meditation that translates well into like outside of the formal practice because um, in life, you know, I mean, I, I, um, we're in a social context, so all of the social triggers are there, you know, I mean, the wanting to be not looking at a fool um, or however we, I mean, everyone is has different triggers in social context, you know, um, and so that these are there and arise as part of the exercise. So we get to be able to practice with this, this additional social uh, dimension that is always there in, in work life and personal life. Um, so, so, so that's one of the practice we did. Um, on the, so people want to bring this to their, to their work. So the first one is basically learn it for yourself, you know, I mean, um, and if, if you, so find someone to learn the practices from, um, and, and then when you want to bring that, I mean, there's 
starting basically a user group or uh, a peer group of people who are interested where you can practice together um, multiple ways you can do that um, and then share you know um, that's 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 a that that's very helpful um, mm -hmm. and yeah the, the first time I, I participated uh, the immediate thing I thought when I finished the, the call was I need to do this with my, with my family uh, I don't know if they'll do that um, if they're willing to even try it but um, it was really fun to do it. Um, yeah, and we'll make sure we, we leave the, uh, the link of the, um, the meditation information that you just mentioned. We will make sure we leave that in the, in the, in the post notes uh, so people who is interested in, in continuing this and, and learning from what you started learning from um, can do that. Thank you so much, Francis. Is there anything that you wanna say to, to finish? To how, how can we reach out to you? If you're on the internet, maybe you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not on the internet these days? I'm on Twitter, not very active. So uh, probably the best way to reach out to me is via email. Yeah, jobs at salesforce.com if, if you want to join us. Uh, if you, yes, <laughs> also. <laughs> we have openings. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Francis, uh, for your time and for sharing your, your experience. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Codish podcast. Codish is produced by Heroku, the easiest way to deploy, manage, and scale your applications in the cloud. If you'd like to learn more about Codish or any of Heroku's podcasts, please visit heroku.com slash podcasts. 